because then you're part of the conversation and you're hearing what prospects are saying. You're hearing what people are saying when they call in and ask questions. You have that knowledge and now you can actually answer those questions via content. Hello, everyone. This is Ellen, the producer of The Black Line Between Sales and Marketing with Doug Davidoff, CEO of Imagine Business Development and Mike Donnelly, CEO of Seven Cents. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of The Black Line Podcast. Today, I get to talk with one of my favorite people on the entire planet about what's going on with this thing we call business growth. Uh, everybody meet Jenny Dietrich from Armand Dietrich. Um, you can tell your story better than I can. Tell everybody who you are and how you got here. Oh, I kind of feel like I want you to tell my story. <laughs> it's going to be embellished and <laughs> I, the flaws. Yeah. I am the uh, founder and CEO of Armand Dietrich, which is an integrated communications firm in Chicago. And I also am the author of Spin Sucks that started out as a blog and then became a book and is now professional development for communicators. Alrighty, so so you are right. You are a little bit too humble. Some, something's happened to you in the last couple of years or something. There's that humility is coming because you you you've been you've been playing with social media. Well, not playing. You've been doing social media before social media was cool. You've been blogging before businesses. Knew yeah, but you were too. Like, who am I going to brag to? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, all these people who are listening to us that think that we don't know anything. What? More than anybody, and I'm going to say more than me, you, you, have, you have taken a natural approach to cut. Before a book was written about content or content marketing, mm -hmm. it what, what are mm -hmm. the biggest lessons that, that you've learned about content? That's question A. And then question B to that is how's it different today? Oh. If, if you were starting today in today's world, what would you have to do differently oh. to be in the position you're in? That's a a very uh, deep question. <clears throat> um, I'll start slow. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's been an interesting journey. You know, I think when we started, and you can attest to this as well, nobody knew what they were doing, and you know, there were a few people that were blogging, but it was on TypePad. And for the record, for the record, I don't think yeah. anybody knows what they're doing right now either. But well, that might be a story for another time. <laughs> There, that might be a story for another time. There is a lot more information about how to do it today than there was back then. You know, this was 2006, 2007. And I mean, I republish our first blog post every year on our anniversary just to show people how bad it was. So bad. And it's, you know, you didn't know anything about, we didn't know anything about search engine optimization, anchor text, keyword research, images, you know, anything like that. It was it was a disaster, complete disaster. And I think today you do certainly have best practices in, in the ways to do things. But if I, th I think if I were starting out today, I probably would not blog. Um, it's a gigantic, I know, sorry. It's a gigantic undertaking and you have to be extraordinarily consistent about it. I would, however, um, to, in order to increase my search rankings and keyword or, uh, domain authority and all those things, I would do contributed content for other sites, but I wouldn't necessarily create content on my own site. I would of course keep my website alive and, and, you know, updated and consistently, um, 
with consistent new content in terms of testimonials and case studies and things like that, but I don't think I would blog. Interesting. How, how would you breathe? Well, how would I breathe? It would yeah. be really bad because it's my creative outlet. But I think if, I mean, in general, when we're advising clients, it's typically not, it used to be you have to start a blog and we're not typically recommending that anymore. Wow. I think this is the first time I've heard this. I think we're going to have to dig in a lot. Uh, <laughs> I'm at a loss for words. I've got to tell I, you, I, I, I'm not shocked I, very often, but I, uh, um, but I mean, Mike, you know, this email marketing works so much better than content development and targeted customized information works so much better. And, you know, there are other ways to create, even in my business, to create thought leadership and credibility and authority and improve your search rankings and all those kinds of things. There's a lot better ways to do that than to have a blog. Lots yeah. better. And so you're saying contributed content. Um, and it, this is something that I actually try to do as much as, as much as I possibly can. Um, but it doesn't, but I guess, well, that's kind of the point. It, it, it can be very, very hard sure. as you're somebody that's not known. Um, Hey, can I contribute to this? Can I contribute to that? Um, but yeah, again, I'm, I'm, I want to keep digging into this. <laughs> well, I think from a contributed content standpoint too, we all go, Oh, I want to, I want to write for Inc and fast company and, you know, entrepreneur and all those because they're really high domain authority authoritative sites, but you don't have to start there. I mean, if your domain authority is 20, for instance, go for sites that are in your industry that have a domain authority of 30 and start there and you start to build up. I mean, it's not something that you can just hit your home run and go for it. I mean, you so this, can, but it's a lot harder. Is this about, is this about finding the best way to build domain authority so that your site stands out the, the, the value and impact of domain authority? So you're still creating content. You're just creating content more strategically to get it to your site. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, it's for all intents and purposes, it's old school media relations. I mean, you're going out and you're creating content for other sites. So to build your own authority, build awareness and credibility. And when eventually you get to the inks and the entrepreneurs of the world, they're linking to your website. So that helps with all of those things and it helps with your search rankings and it helps with your, you know, SEO in general, and it brings inbound leads and it does all of those things where, you know, before you'd get an interview and that would be great and you'd have lots of awareness, but not necessarily converting anything. So it does all of that. So you, you talked about it just old school media relations. You got to remember, you got to keep it slow here because you got two sales guys. <laughs> on, on this podcast so you don't fair all that fair. all that advanced complicated media relations stuff that that's hard for us i think but a lot does, of things are hard for you though doug that is true yeah that is true i appreciate you pointing that out i'll, I'll slow down for you um i remember i used to say when i was advising on just the sales side that if you threw me into a land where i knew nobody and I had to build a business. The first thing I would do is I would figure out who do I want to sell to? Who do I want to have be customers? Mm -hmm. The second thing I would do is figure out who are those people listening to right now? Mm -hmm. So the third thing I would do is develop a relationship and be relevant to that person. Right. Rather than trying to go out and build 
my market one by one. I'm just going to find the, 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 the influencer, I guess, is the official term these days. I'm going to find the mm-hmm. influencer who already has that attention, um, win that, and then get that attention transferred. Is, are, is it the same thing? I mean, is what I just said. Is same, that same exact thing, except with journalists and influential bloggers. Same exact thing. So how do you do that? Well, you hire me. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because people try to overcomplicate it. And I think, especially in the communications industry, there's software available that does overcomplicate it. It's a simple Google search. So if you want to rank for, what's a keyword for you guys? Mike, I got all the, I got all the coaching last session, so you can get it this time. Yeah, email marketing. Yeah, so if you want to rank for email marketing, really competitive, highly general term, right? And you're going to compete with people who probably are going to outspend you because they have gazillions of dollars in our public. Not totally fair. So you go and you plop email marketing into a Google search and you look to see on the first three pages of results who's writing about it from a media perspective. And you start to build relationships there. And it's the same kind of thing. It's, you know, I see that you're writing on email marketing. We have a different approach because we, we use this and we can, create, we can create an opportunity for your email to be very specific to your users and will only send email when your users are engaged. And so you, because of that, and because that's your point of differentiation, you can say to the, these publications that, are, I mean, for your, in your business, you may not be well known yet, but when you have such a huge point of differentiation, it allows you to go to those bigger publications and say, hey, you know, this is what we do and this is how it's different and I'd love to write some content for you. And typically, they're going to say, okay. You know, I mean, you can't just, for, most part, for the most part, you can't just cold email them. You have to, you know, are they on, the, on, the, are they on Twitter? Are they, what kinds of content are they sharing? Can you share the content, engage with them that way and build the relationship that way? So you can't just like send them an email or call them and say, hi, you're focusing on the wrong people. You should talk about me. The wrong strategy. No, it's the wrong strategy. It doesn't typically work. Although you know what does work? This totally works. Email the person. And then when they don't respond, email them again and say, I'm just popping this up to the top of your inbox. And then when they don't respond to that, Ask them if they're trapped under something heavy and they ask if you need to send help. That totally works. Or, or if, they're being, if they've been eaten by an alligator. That's another. That one, yes, work, yes that would work as well. Mm-hmm. I, I heard another really good strategy is connect with them on LinkedIn. And then right after they accept the connection, then you pitch them. <laughs> I hope everybody knows we're being sarcastic. I mean, I, I'm assuming it works. <laughs> I, I, I would hope so. I would really, really hope so. But. Uh, yeah. um, so the thing that you did, and I still remember, I, I remember having the conversations with you about it and I still don't know how you did it. Um, you cultivated your audience. You cultivated your community. You, you took it really seriously to, um, to, to be valuable and, 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 and to help. And today you know, almost going back to what we talked about, what we joked about earlier, 
that people don't know what they're doing today. And, and it's funny because I think they, I think they know less about what to do today than they did when you started because we know so much more about the technical components yeah. of things. Yeah, I would agree with that. <clears throat> it's and, too and much. So, and so we come up or, or you did not start blogging because of your algorithm domain authority. <laughs> right, this, this. right. You, you started blogging because when you started Spin Sucks, my bet is knowing you, you got angry and you were sick and tired of the stupid shit that, that PR people were out there saying and you needed a place uh-huh. to say it where you couldn't get in, tr- in trouble because uh-huh. if you told your client that, you, it would probably cause a problem. Uh-huh. Is that uh-huh. about? That's right? exact, yes. Hence the name Spin Sucks. And then, Right. And then, and then people started engaging and, and I mean, you, hell, you helped me. You had no reason to help me early on. And then, you know, became, obviously became reciprocal. Um, you still probably helped me more than I've helped you. Um, but today there's so much, um, Hey, let's do a poll to get some engagement. Well, you know, if they're going to answer this question, let's, uh, Let's ask them for, are they going to make a change in the next 12 months? Let's, let's get this. Why, why are we going to do this instead of that? And everyone's like just hijacking everything, um, you know, and, and turning it transactionally, right? I mean, I, am, am I wrong or are you seeing the same thing in your place? Because you, you approach it from a kind of different perspective or different angle, but well, am I off there? You're not off. And, you know, I mean, to be perfectly blunt, we are also trying to figure out how to convert the sales and monetize content and all those kinds of things. But um, I think just in the core values of our of the business, it's all about helping and providing education and valuable content, no matter what form it's in. And that just that's just who we are. It's who I am. It's who we, who I've hired. It's our culture. So that comes through and it's frustrating because there are times that we don't convert because we're not aggressive, as aggressive or as assertive as we probably could be. Um, And we're learning some good lessons from that perspective. But I still think that providing the value, it, it, it works in the end and it's a longer term play for sure. I mean, I always say I don't know why we made it to 2009 from a blogging perspective because those first three years were so bad. I still have no idea why we kept doing it, but we did. And I'm glad we did, but it was, it was bad. <laughs> well, so we'll, we'll circle to that. Let's have some fun because you're, you're somebody who'll do this. What, what are the big lies about PR? <laughs> oh, how, how much time do we have? <laughs> We have 15 minutes left. I can, I can, I can. When do we get the exclamation points? I can, I can, I can cut Ellen off. Um, I would say the biggest misconceptions about PR is that we spin the truth or that we lie or that, you know, I think one of the biggest challenges that I have as a business, as a business owner is I'll have a prospect call me and say, I've got these, this product in Target and they're telling me if I don't sell out in the next four weeks that I'm not coming back. So I need to get a story in the New York Times. Okay, not how it works. Um, and I, I also think one of the biggest things is because nearly every executive doesn't truly understand what PR is and how it works, they expect miracles and they expect it to make the, the phone ring or the cash register sing. 
and it can if it's done well and it's integrated, but it doesn't happen immediately. And the industry overall is really bad about doing its own PR. And so there's no real definition of what it is that we do. And so there's all this misconception and misperception out there. What are the lies? What are the biggest lies about content and content marketing? Ooh. I would say right now, the biggest lie is that it will generate all sorts of inbound leads. I think everybody says, oh, I'm going to start a blog or I've got to do content because it's going to drive all these inbound leads. And it, it doesn't. Why, why doesn't it drive inbound leads? Because it's done so poorly. <laughs> it's terrible, 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 terrible. I always say it, it, it just astonishes me that people will complain about things like terrible content or terrible emails. And we you know, we make the joke about the email, the email drip campaign that you get that ends with the alligator eating you. Um, but then you get behind your computer screen and you do the same thing. Why, 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 why? So, so let me tell you the story about that stupid, horrible breakup email. And by the way, breakup emails have a bad name. I can tell you from a sales perspective, and we've got the data to back it up, the single greatest, highest response email. And by the way, distinctly positive response is a good breakup email. Breakup emails work. And that alligator email or the ABCD email started off from somebody who just kind of had a, they didn't copy it from anybody. Um, and, and, and they just kind of put it out there and it was funny. And it was somebody, and it fit with the with the theme. There was a little right. bit through, through right, all right. And then and then it started, and then someone started writing about the response rate for it, right. And then yeah, it went viral, and yeah, yeah. It and actually someone, came from when Harry met Sally. I'm just gonna put put that, okay. that out there. But and 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 so they're they're. I mean, so you talk about how your blog sucked. Well, yeah, it sucked, but it didn't suck because it was authentic, it was real, <laughs> it had an angle. There, it was there bad. was. Bad, yeah, but, but but it was real. <laughs> it was very real. <laughs> right. But <sighs> I, I look back at my blog posts from Yeah. Oh my God. I look at some of the stuff. I look at I look at the um I look at the decks that I did <laughs> six years ago. And I'm oh, wow. like who the hell bought from us then? I, I have someone that comes along and says, oh, you've got to change that image. No one will buy. I'm like, no one will buy from you with that image. It doesn't look right. And I'll go, I'm, I'm sorry. Did you see the stuff I did six years ago? <laughs> <laughs> like, they bought then. Trust, they'll buy now. <laughs> but trust, trust me, if, if they weren't going to buy from me because of, because of a bad image, it was six years ago. So, uh, <laughs> but so, so, so what happened was, is that it went from being, it went from being real authentic and a little bit different and haha to right. okay, I'm now doing it because and, and so I've got, you know, boring email one, boring email two, boring email three. And then all of a sudden I try to get funny. Right. Um and and so I, like I look at I look at our landing page conversion rates, and I don't mean to make this a brag about about us. Our landing pages are converting at bad month, 38%, good month, 55%. And people are saying, you know, landing pages are dead. People don't want to fill out forms. Not true. I, I don't, I, I don't know if you look at my, if you look at the stuff that we share, 
the stuff that we share that you don't have to register for is better than the stuff that people share that you have to register for. Right. And then they go, well, no, well, no one, um, no one's downloading. And now, you know, now the hot thing is, oh, well, it's chat, right? People don't want to fill out forms. They want to chat. <laughs> right. Because what I want to do is have a really shitty chat experience where I feel like I'm stuck in Comcast hell with, uh, with, with that. Right? And, and, and so there's, there's this, like we're, we're, we're pulling lipstick on pigs right now in that the buyer has changed. The buyer has gotten more sophisticated. Yep. There. Yep. Everyone pays lip service to that fact. Yep. And I still can't find out how much a SaaS product sells for on their website. I have to talk to a salesperson. Yep. So, yep. Like it, a product in general. I mean, I have this conversation with my PR firm clients all the time. Why don't you have pricing on your website? Well, this and this and the people go to the internet to f figure out how much it costs. And why do you want to have conversations with people who can't afford you or aren't going to buy from you? Get rid of them. Yeah. Yes. I, I will say that our, I mean, our pricing page is the number one most visited page. On I, believe I believe it. I believe it. It does exactly what you say. It either qualifies them in or qualifies them out. Yep. Hey, I can't afford this or yep. you know, whatever it might be. Um, so yeah, I, I, I agree with it. It's crazy for a SaaS company not to have pricing on the, on their website these days. Or, 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 or to actually learn what, what a product or a service does. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I, I, I saw somebody who's got a video who says, Oh, you got to take it off. You got to take the pricing off. You got to take this off because you know, got to create value. And the only way you can create value is if you haven't talked to a salesperson. And, and I'm thinking to myself, well, if I have to talk to your salesperson, if you can't create value for me, in your content that I, that I can consume on my own and you can't manage that in a way that I'm going to find that attractive. What's the likelihood that your salesperson is going to create anything approaching an experience that I don't want to jump through the telephone with a machete knife. Um, can anyone say I'm a little bit worked up today? <laughs> um, and, and, and I guess, you know, the thing that scares me today and the reason I'm bringing it up and, and it, it'll be funny. We'll look back on this, this tranche of, of, um, of a podcast, and we'll say that's when it started. That's when he, <laughs> that's when he lost it. <laughs> he went off the edge. <laughs> but you know, oh, just write a blog post. Right, Remember, write a blog post a week. Oh no, write two blog posts a week. Right. Wait, right. write three blog posts a week. And they yes, will come. yes. By this technology, they will come. And, yes. and somewhere along the line, no one is telling people, yeah, you have to do all that, and it's really hard. It's really hard. And, and, and it takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. That's right. <laughs> well, I mean, Doug and, Doug and I- If I don't sell out in four weeks, yeah. then I'm not coming back. You know what? You might want to use these next four weeks to start interviewing. Right. It, or go stand outside Target and sell your product. Cause... Right. <laughs> I mean, Doug and I talk about this all the time. And it's, it, 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 it's one of the things that just drives me nuts is this whole- quality versus quantity thing, which I think we're all saying the same thing, but people are just like, I, I, I read so many articles every week that like I get through the first paragraph and I'm like, this is the worst. Like they're literally just trying to do click bait, um, you know, game SEO, uh, the, you know, Google, et cetera, just do you yep. know, yep. all of those very bad habits. But actually what it's doing is it's tarnishing the brand. 
yep. of that company. And I, I see the same thing with, you know, bad emails. It's like, oh, well, somebody didn't open this email. So we'll just send it the same exact same email again and blast it out to 50,000 people. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, I literally talked to two e-commerce companies last week. And do you know what their email strategy is? Every day they send out a promotional email and they send it out at 8 a.m. And for the people that have not opened that email by 4 p.m., guess what they do? They send it out again. Oh, and two e-commerce companies told me that this was their strategy. Oh, it's just email. And yeah, it's, it's well, yeah. I mean, it's free. It's a commodity. And 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 so how so solve this problem for us? Well, there, I think you you raise a really interesting point. I was at Social Media Marketing World at the end of February, and the sky was falling for sure. Everybody's all upset that the Facebook algorithm has changed, and oh my gosh, heaven forbid Facebook actually makes some money off of us because you know it's been free all these years, and content sucks, and this sucks, and this sucks. And I just sat and listened to it all, and I thought there's a gigantic opportunity here. And the other thing is, is TechCrunch about a month ago. Uh, published an article that's pr pretty much called for websites being dead. And the reason being is to your point, Doug, what you were saying is I can't get the information that I need on your website. So I'm having to call your organization, but then the organization has to hire sales reps and customer service reps to handle that volume of calls and it's costing more money. And so the website is going to die because there's no value for it anymore. That's because your website sucks. It has nothing to do with the website the internet going down it has everything to do with you have to hire people to answer questions that you could actually answer on the website and then have this inflow of inbound leads that are qualified that then your sales reps follow up on versus having to have a whole team of people to answer phone calls because the website didn't answer their questions it makes no sense so why don't we go back to the whole idea that i don't know our content, our website should actually answer the questions that our customers and prospects ask and need information on. And that's everything from how much do you cost to how long does it take to get there? Like all this kind of stuff, one after another. And it also provides value. You know, can you do yeah. a competitive checklist and show me how you compare to your com competitors? Help me out. Can, can we add communicated in some variation of English? <laughs> not middle out compression dog <laughs> yeah or as i say with my my clients you just won corporate bingo awesome now can we put this in layman's terms so so let me ask the question that may cause this podcast to never see this is going to be like boston's third album <laughs> right it might not ever see the light of day um <sighs> uh, so i laugh when con when all these content people and all these more i'm on i'm i'm I'm, I'm on this call with a group of agencies and they're all talking about how content sucks. Blogging's dead. Cause all the blog contents. And, and I want to go to them. I'm like, you are the ones creating the content, right? right? You can actually right. control this, right? Right. Is, is the problem really that the business sucks and it's not the content's fault? Sometimes I don't say, I don't think all the time. I mean, I think there are definitely a, situations where operations suck and yeah that's a big part of it but i also think there is a on the flip side i you know the content sucks just because 
People don't know how to write. They don't know how to put things in layman's term. They're sitting in their office listening to, I have visibility into the lunch menu that provides, I don't know, I overheard a guy talking to his assistant one day while I was standing in line at the airport and he was like, I don't have visibility into the lunch menu. I'll need you to make those decisions. And I was like, just say, I don't know what's on the menu. Can you order it yourself? Like. <laughs> <laughs> I, was talking, I was talking to a consultant, um, a, a private, a, um, what is it, um, entrepreneur or executive in residence of one of these private equity firms. I don't, that's what I want to be when I grow up. I want to be the entrepreneur in residence. Um, I just want to be an entrepreneur that has a residence, actually. But sorry, that's. <laughs> you have a couch uh, behind you. You're good. Exactly, exactly. Um, and, and he said, well, yeah, this business hasn't, uh, hasn't reached minimum scale yet. I'm like, oh, so it's too small. <laughs> I'm like, really? Uh, who, talks? Um, who talks I'm like sorry, that? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, actually, it was better than that. It was minimum efficient scale. They haven't reached minimum efficient scale. Uh, oh, my God. Seriously? Um, so did you ask him to explain what that actually meant? or? No, actually, by the time he finally said that, I, I actually just didn't need to. You right tuned out. out. He's like, I'm out. I was like, can we... Uh, can, <laughs> Can, I have another meeting. Go, I got to go. Can we go, please? <laughs> um, so so here, here, here's kind of my point. Because I think you can fix that I can't write. Um, yes. But what's the number one complaint that, that your customers have about their prospects? That your clients have about their prospects? The number one complaint? Mm-hmm. They don't understand what we do. And, and they're not willing to spend the time that they should spend to understand yep. what we do. Right. Yep. How much time do your do, do those people who complain about their customers not understanding what they do? How much time do they spend understanding what their customers do? Uh, none. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, why in the world should your prospect spend a second more trying yep. to understand you than you do understanding them? I I was talking with somebody and they've got all these big plans and big goals and. And they're really great at this and really great at that. And so I'm like, okay, well, so, so what is a, you know, what, what's the result that your, that your customers are looking for? Okay. What do they have to do to achieve that result? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm like, well, <gasps> then why should they listen to you? Why should, so, and that, so that's what I mean by, is it the business that sucks? Right. I, I, you know, Seth Godin says, what's the number one thing you can do from a marketing standpoint, have a product worth marketing. Yeah. Right. But you also have to be able to communicate it. Like you can have a product worth marketing. And if the communicator, the, the content developers don't know how to communicate it, then that's a problem so, in, its, in and of itself. So that, that's a great part for us to move out of just total, like, why is, you know, why does everybody suck into what, you know, what can we do about it? There is this place between content developer and communicating to the market and, um, yes. and, and the origin of, of great content. Yep. Right. I, I love your take when you were doing PR, um, and then you stopped doing PR and, and, and you just started following a script that didn't make any sense. Cause you just knew that, that the, that the game plan that you played before, right. Hey, how many times can I be in the New York times? I hope yeah. you have, I hope you've got a big family because they're going to really love the fact that you're in the New York times. Oh yeah. You're going to produce any revenue, but Hey, right. Uh, right. 
And, 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 and so you went out on that, but, but what my, so where my question comes in is how does that content developer get the point of view, the take so that the content is valuable and, and, you know, there's, there's the old school way of I go out and I hire some advertising agencies, some whatever that goes out and they create some name, you know, they call us Verizon. Um, you know, they, they, they create all this, this, you know, this wonderful stuff. They tell us why that, you know, our, our font should be a three degree angle here with an, you know, because of this, you know, all, all this other stuff that, that they build it in and they, they write terrific prose. Um, it comes in, but because it it all got created outside, mm-hmm. it, it it never becomes, you know, it's the stuff right. that's, that's all on, on on a shelf. Right. At the end of the day, I think especially in today's world, if if that if that point of view isn't part of the DNA of the organization, you you can outsource the development. You can't outsource the point of view. Right. And if you have no point of view, you have no content. Correct. And I say, if you have no content, you have no business. I agree. Okay. Because now your website is dead and you've had to hire a bunch of salespeople and customer service reps to answer phone calls, but now it's too expensive. And so then you have to do layout. Like it just, I think it's even more basic than that. I think if you don't have a point of view, you're a, you're a commodity and you're just waiting for Amazon or somebody else to swoop in with an AI algorithm and, you know, take the middle out. Yeah. Um, so how does that, content creator how does that marketer in an organization how does your community i know you spend a lot of time um working with pr professionals on 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 how to create that authentic real content how do you get an executive who isn't putting it out there for whatever reason how 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 do you get them to create the raw material so that a content developer can create content well, you don't necessarily have to have the executive do it. I mean, one of the things we always recommend is going on sales calls or sitting in the customer service department yeah. and listening to phone calls. Like that, those are the very best ways to do it. Sit in new business meetings. Hold you know, ha- if if they don't let you, and sometimes they won't, you have your the sales guy hit record on his phone and send you the the conversation. I mean, those are the easiest ways because then you're part of the conversation and you're hearing what prospects are saying. You're hearing what people are saying when they call in and ask questions, you have that knowledge and now you can actually answer those questions via content. Hold on a second. We're talking about content developers. We're talking about marketers. Uh huh. You expect them to go on sales calls. I do. <laughs> no, it, it talks, I, I love it. And it's, it's something that I've actually talked a tremendous amount about throughout my, when I was in enterprise sales, et cetera, I, I would bring not only executives into the field, I would bring the marketing team into the field. I would even bring customer success people into the field so that they, you, have to, you know, yes. so that they could correct me of like, Mike, why did you tell the customer that? That is going to create a support nightmare for us when, you know, something goes wrong. I would bring engineering into the field. And in today's hyper-connected world, how hard is it for the marketing team to go sit with the sales team for a day and just listen to calls? One, you can identify, hey, why are these leads not converting? Because a lot of marketers just say, well, I I generate all these leads and the next thing you know, 
sales doesn't follow up on them. And it's like, well, because sales doesn't trust that those leads were, you know, were valuable. So you need to start bridging this gap. And one of the things that I think, and, and I'm, and Doug knows the company as well. I do a tremendous amount of work with a company called Carousel. They're probably one of the largest companies in the United States that is so unknown. They'll do multiple billions in revenue. And one of the things the CEO has done is create an incredible culture where sales doesn't sit on one side of the building and marketing sit on the other side of the building. What he does is he divides up the marketing team to actually sit with the team that they support so that they're there all day long, every day, all day. Smart. Listening to the questions that the sales reps are getting, the sales reps are responding to, and that formulates ideas for the content person to say, oh, I I heard this comment 15 times today. Maybe I should write a post about it, Um, or maybe I should write a knowledge-based article about it or something along those lines. Right, right. So let let me speak up for the marketer here, (laughs) because this is where they get screwed. No, I, 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 agree. I, I agree that it needs to be a cultural shift. And this is the executives that need to, but a marketer can easily go ask these questions. Right. Can I sit with you for a day? Can I sit with you? Can I hang out let with me, you? Can I? Let me tell you where they get screwed before you take issue. Oh boy. So they listen and, and they hear the real issues. And they go, oh, they've got questions. We've got answers. Let's answer that question. And so they write something and they go to put it out. And the sales team goes, you can't share that. that you can't give that stuff away. That, 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 that's my go-to line. I, if, if you're giving that away without them talking to me, they don't, they don't need to talk to me. <sighs> or, or the executive goes, oh, wait, we can't give that away. That's, that's our secret sauce. Our, our competition could steal that. Like they're not, like they haven't figured it out already. Right. Are we really living in that day still? Oh my God. Every we are. Day. We are. Every, yeah. Every that is are. Just, um, yep. But that, that, that's why website content sucks because anything good, why do we not give the price away? Oh, well, we need a salesperson to talk about that so that we can control the environment and make sure that right. they understand that price. Right. Well, right. You know, why, why do we not talk to you about the, the way this works? You, your competitor comes out with a piece of research. You go ahead and you write a blog post about this, you know, about your take and you reference that piece of research and the CEO or the VP of sales goes, whoa, 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 whoa. You cannot refer to XYZ company. There are direct competition. Like. Yeah, that's fair. And that's every day. And you know, my response to that is always this. To all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun, which we all know, well, if you're younger than 1990, you don't know, but um, is the Big Mac. And four or five years ago, Big Mac's uh, executive chef did a YouTube video on how to make the special sauce. Six, six months later, Wendy's came out with to all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Does anybody know the name of it? do not no that idea. is because it flunked I know so you can give away it. you can give away your special sauce you can give it away and n- n- nobody else is going to execute it the same way you do no one uh, and i'm going to say in today's world if you don't give it away then then you're just you're just counting down time i agree you're just counting down time you're, totally you agree you know if, if, if you hire a whole bunch of salespeople and you 
and, and you pump it and you hustle and, and, and you do all these things that are just absolutely positively not sustainable. Um, it, you know, it, it's funny, I forget who we were talking to, um, but we were talking about funding and, and I mean, it, there's never been an easier time to get funding than there is, than, than, than it is today, except getting funding is really hard. Right. And, and there's not an, like, you know, it's funny because I remember the days when it was actually like you would go through economic cycles where all of a sudden business growth was easy. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and the scary thing is that cycle when business growth was easy is a fraction of the business cycle that we're in right now. It will never be better than it is right now. And think about how hard it is to grow your business. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, it's hard. What are we going to do in 18 to 24 months when the economy softens? What are we going to do when people start paying attention to budgets again? Can, can you imagine what's going to happen to, to a large swath of the business world? If, if we hit uh you know, forget a 2008, 2009 recession, let's just call it, you know, the 2001 to 2003 recession, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're totally unprepared. Yep. And so one of the comments that you made, and I, I want to take a step back because I'd, I'd love to get Jenny's opinion on this, Doug, and um, as well as oh, yours, okay. but as, as okay, I'm getting too depressed, we got to change the subject. <laughs> getting too depressed. No, no, no. As, so, as, but here's the question that I have for senior leadership within an organization. If they came to me and they said, Hey, we cannot give away our special sauce, or we can't answer that question because that is the most money line that we have in the sales process. The question really becomes is, okay, well, what are you going to do? You're going to keep hiring, back to Jenny's point, you're going to keep hiring more and more salespeople to answer those questions. But guess what? The more you hire, you know you're not going to have as high a quality of salespeople. So this piece of content actually can perform that duty much better than hiring 50 sales reps that, I don't know, maybe 10 of them will be good. Here's what I say. I've always found that the best strategy is to take what your best statement is and make sure you only deliver it to a small fraction of your audience. Sorry, Jen, I didn't mean to interrupt, but. Um. I think my head just exploded. <laughs> I'm like, really? Let's meet, let's meet well, people. Wait. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's why I have so many friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, I think Mike, you're right that we, it costs so much more money to hire people and it's so much harder to scale with people. Why wouldn't we use content where we can and add people where we can't use content? How do you get, how do you get your clients the executive team of your clients to, to step into that abyss and, and realize that if you're not putting something out there that, that could, could turn out to be foolish, then you're not putting something out there that, that, that could turn out to be awesome. How, how do you get them to, how do you get your clients to, I, cause I think it comes down to courage. How do you get them to have the courage to step into it and, and actually put it out there? This is uh, not going to work for everybody, but it is our secret sauce. Um, We require upfront when we work with a new client to do, we do a two day strategy session. 
And the reason that we require that is because it forces the executive team to sit in a room with us for two days and talk through every issue and challenge that could be, that could get in our way. And it could be lack of courage. It could be operational. It could be, there's a crisis on the forefront, whatever it happens to be. But we found that if we don't have those two days with the executive team in the room, we don't get the kinds of information that we need until maybe two years from now. And we're not as successful as we can be. And because we do that, we didn't really realize that this was going to happen when we started doing it. But when we, when we started doing it, we discovered that the executive team began to trust us immediately. And so now when we say, we're going to do this and here's why, they're like, okay, we don't fight them on that stuff anymore at all. And it's because we do that up front. How would you translate that to a VP of marketing, a director of marketing in a company that, that is trying to do the right things. They, they're listening to this going, amen. But now they're like, okay, well, but what do I do? How do I do? What do I do? Um, I think there's a couple of things that you can do. Number one is exactly what we were talking about with putting yourself in the position to be able to go out and listen to what customers and prospects are saying. And if it's sitting in sales calls, if it's going out on the road, if it's, you know, sitting in the customer service department, however your company gets, new customers do that in the retail locations, whatever it happens to be. And you may have to ask for forgiveness instead of permission. Um, but I would definitely do that because nobody's really going to get angry if you're spending some time doing that. And then you start to create the content around that kind of stuff and people will start to, and be, you can be safe about it, but you know, people will start to see some success that way. I think the other thing that you can do is figure out which companies your executive team admires the most and start to put together, especially when you're doing presentations for them. Well, I noticed that when Apple did this, they did this, or when Elon Musk did this, they use this, you know, start to use that, those examples in your, when you're presenting or you're in a meeting with the executive team and they'll start to come around a little bit because they'll go, Oh, well, I really like what Richard Branson is doing. And if he's doing it, then maybe we can try it too. I just have a, I just came up with a crazy idea. Um, we may have just solved this whole problem. Um, maybe not. The, how hard is it to hire good marketers today? <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's really easy. I mean, it's, pre it's pretty hard, right? Yeah, it's pretty hard. Yeah. Right. Um, if, and, and, you know, people who are looking to hire marketing people all the time, like they're good right. marketing people are, yeah. are it's a yeah. fairly high demand place. Yes. If, if you were interviewing somebody who was at a place and, and they were saying something along the lines of, you know, well, what are you looking to lose, you know, to leave your position for? Well, you know, I want to implement, you know, this strategy or that strategy. And I really haven't been given the latitude to do that. Here's what I've done to try to make it work. But at the end of the day, you know, my company just hasn't stepped up to have the courage to understand how buyers do, you know, that whole thing. And so what I'm doing now is I'm looking for that company that really is ready to step into, you know, the world as it is and, and you know, wants to compete and win. And so if you were to interview that person, and Mike, I'm curious for you as well, you, you, you see it too. Where would that person rank on the list of, of probables that you'd want to have them on your team or the teams that you know of that are, that are serious? I'd say pretty high. Yeah, I, I mean, I would agree. I mean, I, I, obviously at the top. Uh, okay, and I did, I mean, I, that's, that was my thought. I didn't, didn't set it up for that reason. And so I think that the underlying problem for this whole where marketers are getting screwed 
is I think that they're using it as an excuse. I think it's a crutch. Oh, they, for sure. I think they need the courage. Yes. They need, they need to be less wimpy. Yes. They need to say to their, um, I, I, we talk to prospects all the time. Oh, well, you know, we'd have to get sales involved with that. And I'm like, yeah, no, duh. Um, well, you know, sales doesn't always want to engage in these things. I'm like, seriously, you don't have, I don't say this. Maybe I need to start doing it. I'm like, seriously, you, you, you don't have the ability to tell sales that they need to be in this meeting because it is important. Oh, well, you know, you got to be cute. It's like, have the courage yourself. Right. Tell them you need a two-day strategy session because you're, yep. you're, you're tired of this fits and starts. Do the yeah. same thing. Yeah, you can do and, the same thing for sure. And you know what? If you don't get it, then go find the company that wants it. Yep. 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 And, Absolutely. And, and you're right. You're right. Marketers are hard to come by. Good ones. We keep, we keep talking about the customer demands it, the customer demands it, the customer demands it, right? And here's what I've come to realize. Businesses aren't going to change because the customer, demand, customer demands it. And, and you know why I say that? Because they don't. <laughs> because they've been demanding it for 10 years and businesses haven't right. changed. Actually, John Barrows, one of, one of my good friends on the sales side, he was, he was speaking somewhere and I was there. He said, you know, when I got into sales tw 20 years ago, they said sales and marketing is screwed up and it needs to be fixed. And, you know, today they're saying the same shit. Yep. It's yep. the same shit. Nothing changes. Right? Yep. And, and so I don't think it changes until the worker changes. Until, until the salespeople, I, I had some salesperson when I talked about what a salesperson needs to do to be successful. They're like, well, what should I do? I said, well, look for a company that, that, that's implementing this, this game, right? Until the marketers start looking for the jobs and start, you know, interview. I, I think they don't realize that, that companies need great marketers today more than great marketers need companies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's, there's more demand for that. Yeah. And when, and when businesses start losing their better salespeople and yep. their better marketers because they're not stepping up to what, to what needs to happen, yep. that's where the change is going to occur. Yep. Totally agree. So on April 17th, I'm gonna, I want to start, uh, we're going to have a March on Washington. It's going to be a sales and marketing <laughs> March on Washington. Oh boy. <laughs> and we're going to demand better companies. <laughs> <laughs> better companies i like I, it i feel like john belushi was it over when the germans bombed pearl harbor <laughs> and it ain't over now <laughs> yeah i i agree with you and and, and i'll tell you and can, can we offer this can the three of us offer this to any marketer that, that that gets the guts and steps up to have this conversation with with a you know with, with their with their employers with their bosses executive teams whatever uh, you know obviously based on the idea that you know you put the time in you figure it out you put a good strategy together you yeah think through these things and if you run into a problem you reach out to us and we'll find the people who are playing the game the right way that are looking for the right people yep totally absolutely there we go how about that if that's not creating value for this audience then, then, then I don't know what is. <laughs> All right, Jenny, we're going to get the exclamation points from- uh, I know, I'm waiting for the exclamation points. From our producer any, any, any minute now. Any, any parting thoughts? Um, we, we got them. Any, any, we did, there we go. Any, yeah, we any parting thoughts? Parting thoughts. Um, go Cubs. 
Okay, now this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. I'm sorry. You're who? welcome. Ellen? Oh, you know. Ellen? Ellen? Yes? Who, who, who welcomed this guest onto this podcast? <laughs> did, did you not, did you not forget the due diligence? Chicago Bears. <laughs> know with the Bears. He knows. Yeah, Real cover or something in the background. I should have gone, gone over to get my Cubs hat. I didn't think you'd go. Oh, oh yeah, that. Well, well, you know, we have our, our, our VP of sales services here is actually a Cubs fan. Oh, good. See, yeah. you know how to hire good people. Yeah. But hey, you know, we got, we got the real genius of, uh, of, of Madden in DC now. It was all I know. Genius. I know. Yeah. Wow. I know. No Cubs. Well, if that doesn't leave us on a downer. <laughs> I don't know. You asked. There you go. I provided. Um, Mike, any parting thoughts? Any parting questions? Parting thoughts was this was, again, super interesting. Um, You gave me a lot to think about on our internal, on our blogging strategy. So thank you for that. I mean, we're, we've been very inconsistent with it, but we've also been doing a lot of exactly what you say, outreach to different uh, outlets to, to write Good. content for so, yeah that's great um and we've we've actually had some success with it but again this you're the first person to actually bring that as a uh, as a potential strategy so um or as a good strategy so thank you you're welcome and spin sucks always takes grid content so yeah. so um ellen so if you could take yes. down blog.imaginellc.com apparently <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say you didn't have to have one. I said if I were starting today, I would not. Starting today, exa- exactly. So, Doug, I'm going to write a guest post for you. You know, you know it'll, what, be, what it'll be really bad. It'll be a poor quality content. <laughs> it'll be keyword stuffed, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> email marketing, email marketing, what, email marketing. What, I, what, I, what, I, what I'm saying is just throw away those, just delete those 1,500 blog posts that have been. Yeah. No. 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 Um, holy cow, I didn't even get to 10% of what I was going to talk to you about. So uh, we'll have to do this again. Hey, are you starting a podcast? Did, when did you start? I, I am. When are you starting it? April 17th. April 17th already. Well, we'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to get my PR person to talk to influencers to see if we can get on your show. Key, key, key takeaway, um, have the courage or find someone that does. That is a great key takeaway. Love it. And and my last piece, because I meant to piggyback on on what Mike said. So there's more than one key takeaway. There's more than one. That's my game. Because um, Mike said it's quality versus quality. Quality versus quantity. Yes. And, and I think that that's the wrong thing. I remember I had a sales manager who said, people keep asking the question, is this a sprint or a marathon? And what he said was, this is a marathon run at a sprinter's pace. Oh, good. <laughs> We're, we're no longer in the world of, of quality or quantity. We're in the world of quality and quantity. And quantity. You, you've got to have a point of view and you have to deliver it in a, quali- in a quality way on a continuous basis. And if you've run out of things to say, then you probably need to find some new things. How's that for deep That's wisdom? Very deep. Thanks for sharing that wisdom, Doug. No problem.